The place for Celtics news. The place for Celtics opinion. The place for Celtics talk. It's Cattles on Causeway. Cattles on Causeway, episode one for the 2023-2024 NBA season, where we break down all of the Celtics news, notes, games, etc., Right here every Wednesday for about 30 minutes or so, you can join us. Don't forget to like, rate, review, and subscribe on YouTube if you're watching us there. Give us that thumbs up. It means an awful lot. We're trying to build this community, trying to build up this podcast again every single Wednesday. And also on top of that, we are going to do some post games this year. Select games. We'll do some post game live pods with all of you where you guys can comment and all of that good stuff. Let's get started here with the biggest news, obviously, over the last week. I did a podcast after this news broke on Sunday. You can check that out, Cattles on Causeway, and also the Nick Cattle Show. Uh, You'll be able to go to the Nick Cattle's channel on YouTube. You can find that. And I did a breaking news podcast about the Drew Holiday trade. So a lot of the things that we discussed there will not be discussed today. So if you want to go watch that or listen to that, be my guest, Nick Cattle Show, special pod from Sunday. But what I want to do, to start this podcast today is to really get into why and how Drew Holiday helps the Celtics get over the top and I think makes them the favorites in the Eastern Conference and one of the top two teams in the NBA to go along with Denver. Overall thoughts, Nick Cattle show, dive more into it. Let's do it right now with Holiday and how he specifically helps this team. Let's first start off with Charles Lee, who is an assistant coach now with the Celtics. He was brought in along with Sam Cassell during the offseason. And Charles Lee, of course, has coached Drew Holiday for the last few years in Milwaukee. So the Celtics already, even though they're super comfortable and they should be, because Holiday, by everybody's thoughts and stories and anecdotes throughout the NBA, is a great teammate. He's great for culture. He's somebody who's great for the community. So there's really no doubt about this guy and his leadership qualities and his lack of ego. He truly, truly gets it. But Charles Lee knows how to handle him. He knows what Holiday does best. He knows Holiday like the back of his hand. I think that helps the Celtics with Drew Holiday as we move into this season. And it also helps since the trade happened right before camp. Right, They had their first practices yesterday. Drew's first practice is going to be today on this Wednesday. It helps to acclimate Drew to this team because he has a conduit with Charles Lee. So Lee can help him adapt to his new surroundings, and Lee can go to Joe Missoula and say, hey, look, this is what I think we can do with Drew right away because he's going to pick up information as he plays. He's going to develop a chemistry with his teammates. But here's what I think Holiday can do for us right away from the jump. So don't overlook the connection with Charles Lee on this coaching staff. Now, defensively. The thing that Holiday does really well defensively is he blows up screens and he navigates screens very, very well. He he almost dictates where guys are going to go and what they're trying to do. He makes it more difficult on the pull-up jumpers that you can get off the pick and rolls. He's going to fight through screens. He's going to have busy hands. He's going to fight before the screen even gets there. That's how he is. He's somebody who is going to navigate those screens, which means a lot 
because I think the Celtics, we will see them play drop coverage a decent amount. And you know what drop coverage is. We saw it against the Warriors in that final series a couple of years ago. Drop coverage is when your big man drops back a couple feet and tries to contest a shot from a couple feet away instead of the switch defense or the ultra-aggressive defense up top. They drop into that coverage, and they, they try to just contest from a decent amount away from the shooter. And that way they don't get burnt getting to the bucket. That's the idea. Big man doesn't get burnt on the mismatch on the perimeter if he plays drop coverage. And if you've seen the Bucks play the last few years, that's what the Bucks do. They play drop coverage with Brooke Lopez. So Holiday is somebody who, if you're going to play drop coverage, you want to be able to try to dismantle as many screens as you can because that makes drop coverage even better. So that's why you have Holiday. He's the guy that's going to navigate those screens. He's the guy that's going to try to blow up those dribble handoffs. That's what he does. Derek White does a decent job of that as well. He flies around the screens. He's a little less physical than Drew Holiday. But now you have two guards at the top of the perimeter that can help fight through screens and navigate screens in the drop coverage with Kristaps Porzingis playing the role of Brooke Lopez. That's the first step. Drop coverage. We'll see more of it. Holiday will help that tremendously this year. He's one of the best guards when it comes to defending the pick and roll and playing through the screen game. He's also incredibly versatile. I touched on this a little bit on the Breaking News Pod Sunday, but Holiday is incredibly versatile as far as a defender and an offensive player as well, which we'll get into. But defensively, he can play the one. He's played guys like Damian Lillard very well. He has no issue. He's a one. He can play ones if we want to go with the old number system, one through five. He can play really one through three. He can play with guys who are a little bit longer than he is. He'll use his physicality. He'll use his frame, low center of gravity to, to kind of bug dudes. He'll stay busy with his hands. He'll get underneath guys when he has to get underneath guys. He is Marcus Smart, but better defensively. That's what he's been. And Smart, we love him. Defensive player of the year a couple of years ago. But Holiday's level defensively is even higher than Marcus's. He's got that versatility, the ability to defend multiple guys on the floor, and that will bring back the switching. So not only are you going to be able to play the drop coverage with Chris Stapps Porzingis so he can challenge shots from two, three feet away because he's like seven, eight. I know, I kid in jest. <laughs> but he's a really, really tall guy if you haven't noticed. He can play that drop coverage so he doesn't get burnt to the rim. He can protect the rim as well. And what you can do now, one through four, with Derek White, Drew Holiday, Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown, is you can be so freakishly switchable defensively. You're going to drive teams crazy because one through four, those four guys can play multiple positions. They can defend multiple positions. And so if you're trying to break through, the people that are really concerned about Robert Williams and his absence from this team defensively. I get it. I understand it. But that's looking at how this team has played in the past. You are going to be able to switch a lot of pieces one through four. And Porzingis is going to be your last line of defense. And defensively, what you're going to do is you're going to pressure the basketball more. Holiday, for example, he is one of those guys that will pick somebody up right on the inbound and hassle them the entire way down the floor. That's, that's what he does at times. Derek White can do the same thing. So what you're going to see is a much more aggressive perimeter defensive mindset. 
this defense is going to be led more by the guards and the wings than the bigs this season. They're going to make it difficult to get through screens. They're going to make it difficult to run a seamless pick and roll. They're going to make it difficult to run a seamless pick and pop. They're going to make it difficult to drive and kick to open guys. They're going to make it difficult to make clean entry passes to those bigs. They're going to make it difficult for backdoor and baseline cuts. That's the idea. One through four, your incredible versatility in a very high ceiling defensively because if all four of those guys want to defend, they can defend. We saw Jason Tatum on the run to the finals defend Kevin Durant and Giannis that year. We've seen Jalen Brown. Yes, he's prone to have two or three brain farts during a game, and last year his defense dropped down big time, which is why I think he's talked about that during the offseason, that he has to get better defensively. But when you look at Derek White, Drew Holiday, Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown, they all have very high ceilings defensively. It's just whether or not they want to. We know Holiday and White want to and will do. Tatum and Brown, they've got to prove it, that they want to get back to that level, that what they've talked about this year during this summer hasn't just been talked. Don't talk about it, be about it. But this defense is going to be one through four, incredibly tough, and Porzingis on that back line will be there to block shots and get in the way. And it's not like Porzingis is a terrible defender, by the way, either. So defensively, you see how Holiday truly spreads this out. He spreads the wealth. He also can help on the defensive glass. I know there's concern and there should be some concern about big man depth. Wenyan Gabriel has been signed by the Seas. We'll see if he makes the team. As I've said, I said this on Sunday during the breaking pot. Again, you can check it out. Nick Cattle Show, Apple Pod, Spotify, YouTube. Like, rate, review, subscribe. Give us that thumbs up. But I talked about it on Sunday you know, yeah, your, your big man depth is thin right now. There's no doubt, but you still have lots of time and lots of assets to make moves and to supplement this team and add a big man, add a shooter. Guys like Reggie Bullock are available out there to help you in the backcourt and you're shooting. There, there are some bigs that you might be able to trade the TPE for. All of those kinds of things. We have a long way until the trade deadline in February, folks. But for right now, with that thin front line, Derek White's a good rebounder. Holiday's a good rebounder. Tatum's a good rebounder when he wants to be. And it's going to be a collective effort on the defensive glass. That's what it's going to be. And I think they'll be good enough to not get killed if they want to be good enough on the defensive glass. Again, I have no doubt about White and Holiday. Will Brown and Tatum be there every single possession defensively to not only defend the initial attack, but then also box out, be aggressive on the rebounding to help the bigs that aren't super deep. So I think uh, rebounding is another thing that Drew Holiday will help with this basketball team. All right, let's jump to the offense. He's a huge help to Tatum and Brown. We all know that. Uh, he's one more option now for those guys not to feel like they got to jack up you know, 30 shots a game or, you know, play 45 minutes a game. He's somebody who is going to be able to, you know, be that third or fourth option on a nightly basis. He's a really good shooter on the catch and shoot. He's good on the pull-up jumper. He's somebody that runs pick and roll. We'll get into the specifics in a minute about all of that. But just overall, he's going to help Tatum and Brown. To put him along with Porzingis, now you have, you know, those four guys that are just – going to be able to do work and then you have Derek White who had a good offensive season as well last year 
But Holiday is just even more help for Tatum and Brown and less to deal with. And that's not just shooting-wise. That's not just numbers-wise. It's also ball handling because Drew Holiday is very good when it comes to uh, pick-and-roll efficiency and his ball handling. I've got some things for you here. This is what we do here on Cattles on Causeway. We sprinkle in some analytics. We sprinkle in some numbers for you as long as uh, they make some sense. And uh, we also, of course, hit you with a lot of opinion. Matt Issa from TheAnalyst.com wrote about Holiday's edition over the last couple of days. And, and here's what Issa wrote. Over the last couple of years, the key to beating the Celtics has been to put their offense in the mud. That's where Holiday comes in and why we're now calling him their designated, quote-unquote, mud navigator. Holiday gives them a steadying on-ball force who can handle the aggressive defenses and stare Boston's offense back on course. He's a better functional ball handler. We all know this. We all have PTSD from seeing Brown and Tatum turning the basketball over in the playoffs, right? We all remember game seven against Miami when Tatum went out and what happened with Brown and his 45,000 turnovers. Here's what Issa writes as far as Holiday and how he can help. He's a better functional ball handler than both Tatum and Brown. Last season, only 48 of Holiday's turnovers were lost ball turnovers. Now, that means you mishandled the ball. Lost ball turnovers is just, oh, I lost the ball. I screwed up. I didn't handle it right. I dribbled it off my foot, screwed things up. Only 27.9% of Holiday's turnovers last year were those kinds of turnovers. Let's just call it 28%. So 28% of Holiday's turnovers were just lost ball turnovers. You want to know what Tatum's number was last year? 49.7%. Almost 50% of Tatum's turnovers were lost ball turnovers. Just ball handling. Just losing it. Just losing the basketball. How about Brown? I bet you know Brown's worse than Tatum and much worse than Holiday because he is. Jalen Brown, 52.7% of his turnovers last year were lost ball turnovers. 53% of Jalen's turnovers were just because he mishandled the basketball. So 53% from Brown, 50% from Tatum, and 28% from Holiday. You see the stark difference between those three numbers. Well, the two numbers and the one number. Now, the offense is still going to go through your best player. You're still going to see Tatum handle the basketball a ton. But when you need a good possession, if you've turned the ball over a couple of times already in a quarter, that's when you can give the ball to Holiday and say, we feel much better about his ability to get us into something without dribbling the ball off of his shin. Uh, Matt Issa, again, theanalyst.com, he continues talking about Holiday. Holiday also placed in the 79th percentile in pick-and-roll ball handler efficiency. So Brogdon and Smart were better in the pick-and-roll ball handling department last year, but they did not handle the basketball in the pick-and-roll nearly as much as Holiday. Holiday absolutely beyond those two guys when it came to volume. Holiday ran about seven pick and rolls per game, 7.2 possessions per game. Drew Holiday was the ball handler in the pick and roll for the Milwaukee Bucks. And he was in almost the 80th percentile when it came to handling the basketball in the pick and roll, i.e. he sure handed. He knows what to do when running the PNR. You can think about, you know, somebody like Kristaps Porzingis, the pick and pop. 
He could fill the role of Brooke Lopez. Holiday runs the pick and pop with Porzingis. Porzingis pops out to three. Bingo, bango. You can get Tatum and Brown into action, going towards the bucket off the pick and roll. Make those kinds of possessions easier for those two guys. So ball handling, pick and roll management is holiday is a holiday specialty and something that will help this team. Another thing that Holiday is really good at offensively is attacking closeouts. You'll see several videos of this if you look. You know, Holiday will catch the ball as soon as somebody comes screeching out to try to close it out on the three. Holiday will then make a move to the bucket and zip it. He'll he'll get into the paint. He'll kick it to the open man. He'll make plays for others. He'll make plays for himself out of closeouts. He was very effective in the restricted area last year for a guard. I think he shot like in the high 60s. I mean, he's somebody who does a good job of finishing. He gets in that restricted area because of his physicality, his toughness, and frame. He has the ability to finish in the paint. He has the ability to be incredibly efficient in the restricted area, which isn't always the case for guards. So he does a great job at attacking closeouts. And you start to put this puzzle together and you start to realize how difficult the Celtics are going to be offensively for teams to handle. You have so many different options and you have so many different guys that do so many different things at a relatively high level. And Holiday is just another piece to that puzzle. Ball movement, spacing, shooting. Oh, baby. That's what we're talking about. He's also a post-up option. He posts up just over about once a game, which doesn't sound too much, but as far as guards go, he can post up. He's pretty effective posting up. He can use both hands. So he's somebody where, hey, look, if we need a bucket, we can post them up. And the fact that you have wings and bigs that can shoot, again, everybody on the floor is going to be able to shoot. Even if you go to Horford off the bench, he is obviously, aside from last year's postseason, which we'll just erase from our memory, Horford is obviously a shooter as well. So you can invert your offense almost where you say, all right, Drew, we're going to put Drew down in the post for a possession, and we're going to have the other four guys out with Drew in, and Drew's going to be able to pick apart the matchup and figure out who to find for a wide-open three. You, you start to see it develop, right? Everything trickles down to everything else. Holiday is a post-op option. Kristaps Porzingis is a post-op option. One of the things that has hurt the Celtics offense, especially when these when they get into these like just terrible stretches of basketball on that end of the floor, is the ball sticks, which I don't think is going to be an issue this year with White, Holiday, Brown, and Tatum. I think those guys, all of them, will be able to move the ball. You don't have somebody that you can lay off and clog the paint, which I talked about on Sunday. You know, when you had Marcus Smart and Robert Williams out there together with the starting five, you're really playing three on five offensively because the defense knows that Williams is not going to stretch the floor and they know that Marcus smart. Hey, we'll take our chance with Marcus. Now you have to pay attention to everybody. You have to play everybody. Honestly, if you're looking at holiday white Tatum Brown and Porzingis, you also did not have a post-up option. Al doesn't post up. Rob didn't post up. Tatum can post up, but he doesn't do it much. Not sure why he did it against Philly in that in that final game in that series in the postseason, and he just torched the 76ers with mid posts, but he just doesn't do it a lot. 
Smart could post up, didn't do it a ton. But now you have Holiday who can post. You have Tatum who can post in the mid post. You have Porzingis who can post. And if you think that Porzingis is this weakling who doesn't have a good post game, you're thinking about 2019 Kristaps Porzingis and not 2023 Kristaps Porzingis. Porzingis talked about this at practice yesterday when he was asked about his development in the post. And this is from Jay King on X. Porzingis said he had a reality check in Dallas with regard to post-ups, said he realized he needed to become more efficient at them. By the way, part of the realization was when Marcus Smart gave him trouble. <laughs> so in a weird way, Marcus Smart ends up uh, causing a realization from Porzingis of, hey, man, I'm seven foot three. I have to be better in the post. I can't allow, to, uh, allow a six foot three guard to defend me like that. Porzingis gets better in the post, and then Marcus Smart gets traded as part of the Porzingis trade. Crazy. But uh, Porzingis told Jay King and others he worked at it to iron out the part of his game. And if you look at what he's done since then, this is from Greeny. My guy is still Greeny on X. He posted a, a true happy learned how to putt situation. Little uh, happy Gilmore shout out. In Dallas, Porzingis, right? You think back to like three years ago. In Dallas, Porzingis was in the 58th percentile in post-ups. Yuck. In Washington... In 2021, he was in the 85th percentile. Last year, he was in the 89th percentile. We're talking about a completely different player in the post. If you think Porzingis is back in 2020 not being able to post a guard, that has not been the guy he's been in the past couple of years. He has developed that part of his game, and he will fully take advantage of of mismatches down in the paint. Now, he's not your prototypical post guy. Sometimes he'll just shoot over them. He has a nice little turnaround that he that he does in, in, the, in the post area. But post effectiveness has just shot up through the roof for Porzingis in the last two years. He has developed that part of his game. He's now a guy that's in his prime. This happens as players develop. And if you think about how Denver attacked Miami, they attacked Miami with Jokic in the mid-post. Mid-post touch, mid-post touch, mid-post touch. You now have Tatum and Porzingis and Holiday who can do that. Like, rate, review, and subscribe. Cattles on Causeway, episode one. We're back after a few years off. I love talking C's, and I can't wait to do this every single week on Wednesdays during the year. Also, some post-game action as well. But we'll go live. We'll take your comments after certain games this season. Uh, again, don't forget that thumbs up. It's crucial to our success on YouTube. Don't forget to like, rate, review on Spotify, Apple Pods, and don't forget to subscribe. Let's jump to Jason Tatum because as much as Drew Holiday helps the Celtics and he helps them tremendously, inevitably this team will win a title this year if they stay healthy and if Tatum takes a step forward. Tatum has to take that next step. It's not a gigantic step, but it's it's going from being a top – seven, eight, nine player to being a top five player. That's the step he needs to take. He needs to be truly elite for this team to reach its ultimate goal. Look, the C's are better with Holiday and Porzingis. Their top six, I think, is the best top six in the NBA. But the most important development this year will be Tatum's growth and whether or not he takes that step. It's as simple as that. Ball handling and critical possessions. We just talked about it, about his, you know, lost ball turnovers. It's not a good number. 
almost 50% of his lost ball turnovers uh, or, or almost 50% of his turnovers were lost ball turnovers last year. It's not nearly good enough. Ball handling and critical possessions in big games. He'll have more space to operate. He won't be doubled constantly now. And, and that should help. He's going to take care of the ball. Will he get back to that defense that I talked about earlier? The defense that helped shut down Kevin Durant in the playoffs during that finals run. The defense that helped slow down Giannis and Tetacumpo in that series before their title run. Is he going to be that guy or their finals run? Wish it was a title run. Damn it. Uh, is he going to be that guy? Is he going to have that level on defense? Now, I don't anticipate him being just a, a, a non-stop defender because he's going to save some of the juice for the offense. We all know that. But can he get to that level, you know, I don't know, 85% of the time, 90% of the time? If he does, he's taking that step. I mean, the NBA is mostly your best versus their best. Can Tatum outplay Giannis? Can Tatum outplay Embiid? Can Tatum outplay Jimmy Butler? Can Tatum outplay these guys? Can Tatum outplay Jokic? Or at least cancel those guys out or cancel Jokic out in a possible finals matchup? Your best versus their best. And if Tatum gets to that level, top three, top five level, and he is consistently, he's been better than the other team's best a number of times. Don't get me wrong. Don't get it twisted. But consistently, can he be that guy? Can he be that guy? One more note on Tatum where he's got to improve. He shot 35% from three last year. Now, that was the worst shooting percentage of his NBA career from three, which somewhat should be expected because he's taking a lot more threes. His volume went up. His percentages went down. But truly what the issue was for Tatum was the pull-up. If you look at Tatum's shooting percentages, his pull-up three was brutal. And uh, Jack Simone from Celtics blog did a great job writing about this in late April on Tatum's pull-up shooting. Here's what Simone wrote. His efficiency on standstill three skyrocketed on virtually the same number of attempts. So standstill shot's not a big deal. But his efficiency on other threes took a massive dip. Listen to this. Tatum went from shooting 37.6% to shooting 30.4% in just one season. And he only added 35 total attempts there. So pull up threes. Pull up threes. The year they made that finals run. Tatum shot 37.6% on pull-up threes. Last year, he shot 30.4%. Doesn't sound like it's too crazy, but trust me, that's crazy. That is a stark decline. And it, it just changes his offense. When he's not efficient from those pull-up threes, his efficiency from three drops. While his improvement... This is, again, Jack Simone Celtics blog. While his improvement on standstill three should be encouraging with how much he has the ball in his hands, he will naturally take a lot of pull-ups. Now, when you look at, you know, Tatum's pull-up shots, just, his, just strictly his pull-ups, Tatum went from shooting almost 39% in 2021-2022 to under 30% and actually 29.2% this past season. Again, that is a huge decline. If you want to know why Tatum's efficiency shooting-wise has dropped, it's because of the pull-up. If he shoots better 
when pulling up, his offense is going to be so much better. That will make a big difference. Like, rate, review, and subscribe. Don't forget, Cattle's on Causeway. We're back, baby. Loving talking the Celtics. Just a couple of notes uh, from Celtics Media Day that jumped out at me that I want to share before we uh, bounce on this episode. Joe Mazzulla, man, he much more comfortable. He, he sounds like a different guy. He looks like a different guy. He's laughing. He's joking. He's being self-deprecating. He's funny. He just looks like he's genuinely at ease during this camp. And if you think back to last year, he was almost the Bill Belichick of the Celtics. You know, he, he didn't say a ton. He was stern with the media. Some would say he was stubborn at times with the media. He was unwilling to open himself up. It was like he went to the school of Belichick and thought, hey, well, as long as I handle things like Belichick, I'm good. Somebody had to say something to Joe. Now, I think Joe learned from how he handled the media last year. I think he learned from that. And some of this, at least some of it, is a self-correction. But I think somebody had to talk to him. I don't know if it was Stevens. I don't know if it was ownership. I don't know if it was both. But it's clear that at least the first media day and how he has handled the media in the first couple of days of camp, it is so different than the way he handled himself last year. Now, if you think, oh, it's not that big of a deal, I get it. I get it. But I would say this. Number one, being accountable is important to me. And I, I think at times, Missoula wasn't always accountable. And I'll give you an example. You know, this camp, he's talking about the defensive end. Because when he was asked about three-point shooting and defense, again, he, he would Belichick it. And he wouldn't really take any accountability as far as what happened and what went wrong at times. He did it sometimes, but not all the time. Here's what he said about the defensive end this year. He said, uh, or at least last year. Here's what he said uh, during media day. Maybe it's because I sucked at offense. So I had to play defense. Nobody had to remind me to play defense because I couldn't do anything else. If you want to be great, again, that's the self-deprecation. If you want to be great, you have to play defense and you have to be anticipating on that end of the floor. But there are times that I don't always say that because it's obvious. But I think that's a thing I learned this year. It's not that obvious. Learning from your mistakes. Learning, growing, developing as a head coach. In year two, that's going to be huge for Joe Missoula and the Celtics. Here's what Tatum said about Missoula's comfort level. I feel like he's a little more comfortable. This time last year was new for all of us, and I think Joe did a hell of a job managing all of that and managing expectations, managing being in a new role so quick. He had a hell of a first year in my eyes, and how having time to prepare, uh, or now having time to prepare properly as a head coach for the upcoming season and taking ownership of this being his team as the head coach. You know, last year was not an ideal situation for Joe, obviously. He was dropped into the deep end days before camp. The roster wasn't necessarily his roster. The staff wasn't his staff. And if he takes a step forward, that would help a lot. And if he's comfortable, that's a good thing. Because I think he's going to coach better if he's comfortable. Does he have it all figured out? The timeout usage, X's and O's, we'll see. He also has a better staff. Charles Lee, Sam Cassell. Also from Media Day. And yesterday's practice, Porzingis, healthy. He's out there. He's practicing. That's great. Uh, Stevens hinted that he needs to add. He knows. Brad Stevens knows that he needs to add a couple more pieces for this bench if they truly want to make this run. Again, I mentioned Reggie Bullock's name earlier. Maybe he's a possibility. Uh, there will be guys that are released before the season tips off. You know, there are teams that have more guys on the roster than they can have during the season. 
So there'll be some loosening with that. And you could also look at trades. Kevin O'Connor of The Ringer, he posted on X about the Celtics' assets. He posted, even after adding Holiday, the Celtics can still trade two future firsts and three pick swaps. They also have eight second-round picks, i.e. they have the ammunition and draft capital to make a deal if they need to make a deal. They also have a $6 million-plus TPE that they can use. I'm adding that note. O'Connor says, uh, so if Boston needs to improve its depth before the trade deadline, Stevens has the assets. Denver won the title last year with their top six. That's what they did. They said, our top six is better than your top six. We're going to win. And they did. Celtics, I think, have the best top six in the league right now on paper. And they still have lots of time to add. All right, we'll wrap it up with that. Cattles on Causeway. Hopefully you enjoyed the first uh, episode of this pod. We're going to do this every single Wednesday. Apple Pods, Spotify, YouTube. Like, rate, review. It's so important. I can't stress how important it is. It is so important that you give us that thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube. It's so important that you give us five-star reviews because that's how these algorithms work. That's how we will get more eyeballs and build out this brand. I appreciate your time, and we'll talk to you next week.